Welcome to The Messy Path, a podcast where we navigate through the mess of personal, spiritual, and relationship growth. I'm Ariel, a rapid transformational therapist. And I'm Whitney, an intuitive relationship coach. Join us as we discuss the beauty in the mess of our lives. Hi, folks. Welcome to week 29. We are talking about respect and relationships. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> you need it. Find out what it means to us. <laughs> and you. And especially. you. And how yeah. to get it, how to move through it, how to demand it. Mm-hmm. How to, and But overall, that you deserve it. So yes. here we go. All right, let's dive into this one. Um, it's going to be juicy because I'm like fired up on this topic this week. All right, so start us off, Whitney. You're really feeling like identifying disrespect in relationships and, and how that's yeah. coming up. Yeah, so there have been a couple examples in my world this week um, that have hearkened back to a lot of the work I personally did in past relationships. Um multiple past relationships around actually getting your needs met and moving through a relationship as two individuals growing on a journey, as well as, as the couple unit growing. And I think the thing that happens to so many women, and it is like one of the many like quick ways to get my blood boiling and to get me like really impassioned about why I coach women is we take on the caregiver and the fix it role and end up doing 80, 90% of the emotional, logical, like psychological um, work. And then are like so thankful when our significant other just shows up and does like 8% or 10% or gives us little breadcrumbs of like, oh, I promise you this will be different this time. I promise you I'll do this. I'm going to get back on the wagon. I'm going to work through my addiction. And then they don't. And then you end up moving the goal line and saying, it's okay, mm-hmm. honey, I'll stay with you for another round of this. And yeah. all the while your needs aren't getting met and you are being disrespected. Like, it- right. Or like even a lot um, smaller promises than that, uh-huh. you know, not even those kinds of <clears throat> grandiose, um, like big issues. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Like, well, like staying with someone through something, you mm-hmm. know, um, but just it, feeling ignored by your partner and then getting a sliver of a compliment every now and then, you know, um, and, and feeling that low connection and, 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 and energy in it. Yeah, exactly. And you have to realize like, this is when the parenting of yourself comes in, you Mm -hmm. have to realize and be able to admit when you're not being valued and given the love that you deserve. And I think this is another huge effing issue with women is we allow ourselves to be loved less than and differently than the love we give. And we don't expect or realize that we deserve the exact same amount of love that we are giving out to our partners. And that's patriarchal conditioning. Totally. Totally. Right. When we look back at, you know, historical dramas, right? Historical romance stories, excuse me. You know, we see 
um, why was Bridgerton, you know, like, why was that couple in Bridgerton like so well praised is because they were fooling everybody that this was a true loves match. Mm-hmm. But the majority of the other people who didn't get a movie made about their relationship was not getting a true love match. They mm-hmm. were getting paired up with that old man that their older brother set them up with, right? Yeah. Like would have been her story. Right? Yeah. We- Time and time again, I just watched another movie um, called um, like Fanny Gray, L L Gray, I think. Okay. Um, but it was with um, um, Fanning. Oh, no. L Fanning. Yeah, it was with yeah. L Fanning. Okay. <laughs> this is why I'm getting it mixed up. <laughs> and, um, yeah, but it was a movie with her in. Um, a little bit later time period than than Bridgerton so it okay. seems like it was maybe 1850s it was a 1870s even maybe it was a, a more industrialized London but a very rustic rural Scotland still that sure. kind of time period yep and um, well so they had did they have cars no they still had a carriage and um, and she was matched with someone um, who, who thought seemingly gave her like attention and desire, mm-hmm. like when they were in their very awkward courting ship. Yeah. And she gets in the, the, the carriage after the wedding. And she says, Oh, I just realized this is the first time we've ever been alone. Wow. And, you know, and they for sure haven't kissed yet. Yeah. And, you know, they couldn't hold hands. And then he just, rejects her and ignores her for like the mm. whole rest of their relationship and it's super sad and excruciating yeah. to watch but what we what it indicated um through her kind of reaching out to other women of that time period and and the other woman said you look so sad and and it's okay your marriage like will get better I was really sad in the beginning of my marriage too because they were mean and cold and didn't understand what it was like to, you know, be nice to a woman. And it got, but it got better. And it was like, it did not get better for her. It got more sad. And she was able to get out of it, which was really ended up being like a very empowering ending. Yeah. Um, It's very sad film, but I think that it also really resonated with the level of melancholy we subside to. Oh yeah. Where it's just like, that's, this is okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not like. Uh, By not demanding our needs. Mm-hmm. And I think Whitney, like, I love that you have this prompt. It's literally my favorite thing of yours. I talk about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so, because we so don't ask true. ourselves. We mm-hmm. don't, and we don't let ourselves have those answers. So like, the thing that popped up for me this week is a woman that I know is in a relationship with a man who is struggling with addiction, with alcoholism, who one, there are so many people out there struggling with alcoholism that aren't diagnosed. So like, this is also my soapbox. Like and most two, of the people in Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly. Most of the people in Wisconsin, <laughs> most in Wyoming, most in Michigan, yeah. like most in America. Um, and two, it is directly paralleling my relationship with my ex Like she has been with this guy for only eight months, six months of it it has been hell for her. Like she is having to push, having to do all this work. 
every time he like spirals, he comes out and promises her that it'll be different next time. And they like do something nice, like go on a trip or they have a really nice date. And she's like, it's good. He's going to be better. Like he's really committing this time. And every time she tells me like, this is the time where if he fucks up again, if he like drinks again or is mean to me again, I'm going to leave. And I'm like, all right, I am here for this. I am like taking a note that on this date, you said this and I'm your good friend. And so I'm going to hold you accountable for this. And then sure shit. Need to Leslie nope it, right? Right? Drunk voicemail to herself. (laughs) Leslie, this is Leslie. (laughs) You need to not do this. Or even the Ron Swanson. If you're watching this, this you've gotten back together with that devil woman Tammy again, and you need to knock it off, right? Exactly. How can we just share this to each other? And and maybe that's the step. Maybe Maybe that's that's our next step, Whitney. Yeah. To help these people is be yeah. like, you remember when you were the one who you know said this yes like I will offer this free I will send you a Marco Polo for free you just let yeah. me know add me on Marco Polo I will send you videos of this so she does this and then he falls off the wagon or whatever they get in a fight and then and this was my reality too so like I see this parallel so perfectly and it's driving me nuts because then she she moves and she redraws the line in the sand and it's like, nope, okay, this time it'll be different. Right. No, that is literally the definition of a codependent and addict relationship. And the only way to stop it is as a codependent to stop enabling the person. And this shows up in very, like, it doesn't have to be somebody who's addicted to a substance. Like this could be somebody who just consistently is not showing up and following through on their promises. And it's not validating thing. you like um, when, when you get to the point of your relationship where you're saying things like, I just want to feel loved. I just need you to tell me <clears> that you love me. Like, I feel like when you're at the point where you're literally begging to be seen, mm-hmm. heard, validated, mm-hmm. let alone shown up for those should be really big red flags, really big and, red flags. And it's different than saying, you know, in that cute, you know, early courtship, do you love me? I love you more. You know, Um, it's a very different tone when you're, when you're begging to be validated. Yep. And also it might not look like begging all the time. It might look like it's okay. I know they love me. I know that Mm -hmm. this is going to work out. I know that we're going to get through this. Here's, so here's like, the other big thesis I need to share. And I shared this on an Instagram live I recorded this morning, but like, it's just resonating so much. So if you're questioning if this is you or this is like ruffling your feathers about your relationship at all, I really want you to listen to this entire podcast and really sit with it. And then sit with this statement too. You are teaching your partner how to love you and what is acceptable for love by every action you take. So if they promise to make a change, to show up better for you, to do better for your relationship as a couple, and then they don't, and you stay, you are teaching them that that inaction is okay. You are teaching them that that's all they need to do to love you and to show you love. So if you're validating their lower level, exactly lowering your bar. Exactly. Every time you validate their not showing upness, yep. you are lowering your bar. And so that if, 
is a sad and hard place to be in. It is. And it's not something you want to admit to yourself either. But if you're asking them for a loaf of bread and they're giving you two breadcrumbs and you're like, oh my God, thank you so much. That's what I need. That's not encouraging them to give you the loaf of bread. That's encouraging them to continue to just give you itty bitty bits of what you're actually asking for. So it's okay to say, thank you. Yes, you're on the right path. And I need this still. But Whitney, I, I want to be in a relationship and I want to feel loved. And, and he does, you know, sometimes do nice things for me. And, you know, he's nice to my friends and, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be okay. Right. I mean, like it's, this is what relationships are about, right. Just, you know, sticking through things and relationships are hard, Whitney, they're hard work. No, (laughs) No. <laughs> so, so here's the, the quality relationships, the relationships that last are the ones where both people have done the fucking work and they know how to do the fucking work for themselves first. And then you get together. Yes, there's going to be work along the way. Yes, there's going to be continued growth and expansion. Yes, 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 yes. And they have a baseline of doing the work and showing up for themselves. Mm -hmm. So if your partner has only ever been in relationship after relationship, serial monogamist, and they've never actually done the work and they just keep bouncing from one person to another when it gets hard, they don't know how to do the work on their own. You seriously need somebody who has put in the time and effort solo to figure their shit out. Like period, end of story. Honoring that two parts, right? Mm -hmm. Honoring that the way your partner will do their work doesn't have to be in the same processes, modalities, look, look, feel, whatever the same way as you do. I think Mm -hmm. as let's call us woo-woo based women that we process things in a lot different way. And I know I've talked about this, you know, in, in moving forward with development in my relationship, Mm -hmm. right. Where, um, you know, I've needed to see growth and, and change for my partner. And I've said, why don't you do a cord cutting meditation? Why don't yeah. you do this? You know, here, here's some other resources, you know, for yeah. you. And he, he, you know, he's not saying it this way, but his truth back to me is that's not vibrating for me right now, Ariel, but I'm going to find what is aligning for me. Right. Yeah. That's not what he's saying at all. The real words that he's saying is like, well, I'll think about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Know. And then, but you have to watch, you know, you have to watch, look, talk to your mm-hmm. partners, right? Because then he'll say, Oh, I did this huge releasing thing today. Yeah. And I'm like, you didn't even tell me that this was like, you know, coming up. And he's like, it just bubbled up. This is the right day to release this. Yep. And it released. And, and it's not to, like he's even saying that he's saying, no, oh, this is the day that I need to go to such and such and like file this I, paperwork right, or whatever. That I sold the thing that I yeah. right, filled out the paperwork that I did this thing. Um, exactly. Right. It's not even in our language, mm-hmm. but I have to hear what he is feeling. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a good one. I have to hear what he is feeling mm-hmm. because what I see and what I feel, what I hear and what he's feeling is that shift is him taking his ownership and moving forward in his way and not judging him 
for not doing a cord cutting meditation, not do saying vibrational, you know, alignment, not saying, you know, energetic releasing, but is validating the work that he was doing in the way that was right for him. But I see it, you know, and that's a big thing. So this is super fucking nuanced because Mm -hmm. he has already done a lot of the work. So I want, so women listening to this, if your partner is saying, I'm doing the work, I'm going to do the thing now, mm-hmm. you have to look for the action behind yes. it, not the words. Because, I, and mm-hmm. this is the other thing with like people with addictive personalities, they will tell you what you want to hear yeah, because they right. want you to stay around. And okay, again, and this is a point that you made before we started recording, which needs to be echoed now. This is not done maliciously or with yeah. conscious mind all the time. Yes. This is so just how said, they're wired. Right. What mm-hmm. I said in that was often that we think when we think of abusive relationships, emotionally abusive relationships, especially, um, and uh, manipulative relationships, which is yep. a form of, of emotional abuse, yep. um, that we think well, it's abuse. It has to be intentional. This is part of this malicious, grandiose scheme to, you know, disempower, you know, their, their people where it really isn't like that, where you can recognize that something is emotionally abusive in how it's showing up, regardless of the intention to hurt or harm your partner. Yep. And so then we have to look at, you know, okay, they didn't mean to hurt you. They didn't mean to do that. But what they also didn't do was show up at the level that they needed to. Yep. They also weren't validating. They also weren't improving. They also yep. weren't supporting, right? And yep. whether or not they meant to hurt you intentionally is almost like subsequent to, you know, aside from the fact that they're not doing it. And so yep. it doesn't have to be with the intention of harm, yep. um, right? That's why, you know, there's always levels of, of things, yep. um, but you have to really look at why. And regardless, yep. if you're anywhere close to an emotionally abusive relationship, you know, you need to take that step out for yourself. Yeah. Um, and I, I, if you are, I want to talk to you. <laughs> like, yeah. Seriously, schedule a discovery call with me if you're even questioning, like, am I in an emotionally abusive relationship? Because we got to talk. And it doesn't mean that you need to get out of the relationship necessarily, but it does mean that changes need to happen in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And you need to find out if your partner is willing to go on that journey with you or not and go on that journey for themselves. And the other aspect- You can go on that journey together- for another two weeks, three months, three years, and then it also not being the right thing. Yes. You know, it doesn't, I think our biggest, like the more that we've been doing these messy podcast episodes, Mm -hmm. I think the message, like if we have a main message about relationships is to release the outcome that there's only one. Yes. We're terrible if you're in more than one relationship throughout your lifetime, because like, the shattered glass on that is that you are always in more than one relationship. You're in a relationship with yourself. You're in a relationship with your spirit, whoever and however that is dictated. 
first and foremost. And yep. often when we're losing our disconnection to those, that then has a ripple effect into all of our relationships surrounding us. My relationship with Whitney, my relationship mm-hmm. with my friend, my relationship with my mother, then my yep. relationship with my dad, my partner, right? Yep. These are all the bubbles, all of the you know circles of our soul contracts. We have all of these relationships jostling yep. constantly throughout our lives. And that's why I like working with people for RTT is because we really get at that root of reconnecting you mm-hmm. to yourself, you know, mm-hmm. regrounding you, oftentimes reconnecting in spirit, yep. reconnecting to that love and truth within yourself. And that helps change that vibration to, to the rest yeah. of the ripples. And that's the, that's another point that I want to make is the friend that I was talking to this week, who's in this scenario. I asked her, what's your biggest fear? And she said, having to start over again and get to know mm. another person and be vulnerable. And I was like, girl, that's where you're fucking headed. And I can't say that to her, but like, that is where so she's headed. Why is that so scary? I think we need to really normalize like starting over in our lives. Oh my God. It's my favorite fucking thing to do to the point that like I, my, my journey right now is actually staying where in, in what I've created. Like you and I talked about this earlier this week when I'm like, I don't know, I might just kind of toss everything away and like, you know, start my business over or start my world over like in my profession. And it's like, oh no, actually my mission is to stay and not start over, but to show people how to start Mm. over. I just had a message that like, like I had the thought, how else can Whitney release the energy from her past life, which Mm. is your current life Mm -hmm. in, in a way of energetically moving forward. And I Mm. felt like you can do a cord cutting meditation to your past self. Ooh, yes. And just, and just doing like an energy cleanse on that. I think we've both been talking about this. It's, it's March. It's the beginning of March. Things are melting a little bit it's Mm. you know 40 degrees instead of negative 10 degrees as it Mm. was two weeks ago um and you get this shift of energy right because Mm. the earth is shifting and Mm. we're shifting um with it and that's what that spring cleaning is about and we're you know i just talked about you know how delighted I was to rearrange my cabinets and and you were like I'm doing all this filing stuff and it's like yes because we're bringing the dust out we're you know we're bringing new energy in and saging helps with that too yeah saging your house yourself and and your home right there's ways of getting new energy into your life and your space Mm -hmm. um without having to run away from it, right? Yeah. Which is a different level energy. Yeah. So let's pivot back because that mm-hmm. comment of like, what is so scary about starting over? Yeah. It's about being vulnerable with a new person and admitting that like something didn't work out, which then like, when you and I talk about this all the time, a relationship not working out in quotes is not actually a relationship not working out. You did yeah. what you two needed to do together and now you are moving on. There is mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it. I don't care how many marriages end because of it. I don't care how many relationships you go to. I don't care what your body count, how many people you've slept with is. You move forward when it's time to move forward, period. And I don't care. You can love and care for somebody so, so much and it still not be right. 
Like I very deeply cared for my ex. Mm -hmm. I wanted him to be better. He could not be better with me. And all I was doing was enabling him to stay in the same spot. And that wasn't healthy for me. And it wasn't healthy for him. And I had to get the fuck out. And that is like why I'm so impassioned when it comes to stories like the ones I've, I've come across this week with my friends and other folks in my universe, because you are not damned to be struggling with your partner. Mm-hmm. You do not have to take on their struggle, yeah. like, period. You can help them and show support for them and hold space for them, but it is not your journey. It is not you to read all the fucking books and like become an expert on the issue that they're facing and go to meetings and support groups for them. That's not your fucking journey. Stop it. So I think, you know, in my response, I can hear, I can hear, but what about our vows? What about in richer for poor, (laughs) sickness and in health, you know, uh, in patriarchy, those lines were written. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the point in that is it takes both of you to show up. Mm-hmm. And when the relationship has really ended is when the other person has stopped showing up. Mm-hmm. Then you've already broken your vows. Your, you know, your vow very well could just be, I vow to show up every day for myself yeah. and for my partner. Yeah, like as best as I can. At, at the end of our messy yeah. path group, like you, before you marry anybody, before you say, I want to spend the rest of my life with you, you need to look in the mirror and marry your fucking self. Yes. Commit to yourself. Like if you, that that's the whole purpose why we're here. We're not here to like make babies and get married and get a golden retriever and a white picket fence. Like that was all mm-hmm. just fucking created to keep people Disconnect in their place. And truth. yeah, and that might be someone's truth. It could be. That yeah, story absolutely. might be someone's truth. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be everyone's. And there is no ideal. Correct. Your ideal is unique unto yourself. Yes. So, so now we've made these vows. Mm-hmm. Now we're in this, and but that person isn't showing up. Now there's a thing where there's everyone will have a down day. Everyone will be sick everyone will have a more flush day and a oh, more yeah. you know in the red day not everybody jeff bezos probably will never have an in the red day but set most people we're talking yes. to the regular we're, people yeah we're talking to <laughs> the average joe if you will. may or may not have health insurance through a yeah. pandemic yeah and um and we're looking at not just oh you didn't show up for me today I needed you yeah. and you didn't show up enough. Yeah. Ariel and Wimmy told me to pack your bags. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's not, not that. Talking about. Yeah. We are talking about a persistent, consistent lack of showing uh, up. Yes. And of if you are repeating the same argument, the same falling off the wagon, the same scenario on a cycle. Mm-hmm. You need to reflect on what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. because there's a reason that cycle keeps coming up for them, for you, for your relationship. And it might mean that it's time to leave for you. That's what it has meant for me in the past. Or it might mean that you need to level up and change how you're behaving in the relationship, which is something I'm working on right now with my partner. Cause we were in this like three week cycle of like me freaking out 
And I had to go and reflect and figure out what the fuck is my deal. And it was me trying to overlay past patterns Mm -hmm. on a relationship that has nothing to do with those past patterns in dissonance happening when I'm trying to behave as if a pattern is still happening when it's not. So this is extremely nuanced, but the, the baseline is you deserve absolute respect and every ounce of love that you give. So if you are not getting your needs met, if I ask you what your needs, wants, and desires are, and all you think about is the person that you're with and you try to shove like the little noise in the mm-hmm. back of your head down, girl, you and I need to have a chat because yeah. you are not actually connected to your needs, wants, and desires. Like I want, I want everybody to have that printed out. Like people have the Desiderata printed out uh, in like yes. on their wall. Like, yeah. I, like that's what you need hanging above your desk, hanging above well, your too. You know, when I think when we think about creating our list, right? Mm-hmm. Who among us has not written the list? Oh my God. Our yeah. ideal person, yes. right? And it is, you know, mm-hmm. this height, this eye color, plays right? guitar, like, yeah. Right. But I think if I were to look at it differently now, and, and when I did do my deep soul searching, it's mm-hmm. like, what do those characteristics mean to me? Mm-hmm. You can still, what you do, you could just write, I want someone who I'm really physically attracted to. Yeah. Right. Who treats me with love and respect. Right. Who Amen. uplifts me when I'm feeling down. Yeah. That's like what my list would sound like now. Yeah. And, and, and I have that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel wonderful in it, you know? Um, but I, instead of, you know, our maybe high school version of, of what we want um, is what they look like. Right. And mm-hmm. I think a really good kind of breakdown about this. And I mean it in a very general scale, because this was like a very sexist movie, um, mm-hmm. but the ugly truth, right. Mm-hmm. And the ugly mm-hmm. truth movie with Catherine Heigl and Gerard, is that Gerard, Gerard Butler? Is that yep. Okay. Yep. Um, where it's the opening scene is um, Catherine Heigl sitting down for a blind date and the date comes in and, you know, she's so tall and he's short, which also doesn't matter. Like I was looking at that picture of um, the Obamas going to Biden's inauguration Mm -hmm. and I'm like, they're each other's height, you know, wearing heels and stuff, but whatever. But when I was looking at their body proportions, because she had that gorgeous belt on, really emphasized that, she has such long legs mm-hmm. and he has such a long torso. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is a very common, I think, body proportion with mm-hmm. men and women. Mm-hmm. And so I have been with, you know, partners. Um, I had a partner who was a couple inches taller than me, but not by that much. But yeah. we used to walk, you know, hip to hip kind of thing. But my hip was in his, his waist. Yeah. He, but he was still a little bit taller than me because he had this long torso. I had long legs. So it's like, it's not even that, right? How about just saying, I want a partner I fit together with. Yeah. Snuggle well together with that is able to be complimentary with, with my body and allows me to feel good. Right. That matters more than whether they're three to five inches taller than you. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, so she has the guy show up and he's shorter and he hasn't actually read the book that he said he did and mm-hmm. all these other things and she's just like 
anti-tick, 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 like, and, and it's feeling like you, you claim these things that you're actually not. Yeah. And throughout the movie, it's kind of a breakdown of Gerard Butler being like, you know, what's with the list, right? But it, what was the meaning behind the list, right? Instead of saying, you also need Gone with the Wind as your favorite book, you know, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's someone who appreciates literature or supports me in my desire exactly. to, to further my knowledge, right? Yeah. And expand in reading. Um, but if, some, if you want to be going on vacations and just reading outside instead of going skydiving and you want your partner to be alongside of you, put that in, yeah. right? Put that into your needs, wants, and desires list. And that's why they're broken down the way that they are, because we mm-hmm. all have desires and how, yeah. and the desires are kind of where the ego gets to play. Mm-hmm. So, Love the, that. Yes. The, the desires des- are where the ego gets to play. Yes. And that is the space that I call like the dude at the end of the runway, who's flagging the airplane into the right gate Mm. so your desires are the things that like when you first see the person you're like oh my god they have like that dark hair like look that I like like which gets your attention and then it's up to you to be so well connected with your wants which is the phase of life that you're in and your needs which is the soul level shit that for Mm -hmm. the most part is not changing because it's part of who you are fundamentally and then you get to say okay cool they they peak my desires do they have the other fundamental deep things that I am looking for? Mm-hmm. And so frequently, because our egos are running the show and we're not conscious, the ego stuff just like takes the takes the reins. And we're like, it's okay that they don't also want kids because like I have so much fun with them at festivals and like this, that, and the other thing. Or, but I know they want this, but then they're struggling with addiction right now. Okay. There is somebody out there who has all those things that this person already has and the other stuff that's missing or, and they aren't battling with the same demons that are like holding you back as a couple. Like you can find somebody. And your truth can change Mm -hmm. and it's honoring the, the flow and, and your truth, Mm -hmm. right? If you're like, I don't know the kid thing. I really enjoy my time going to festivals, like as you said in your examples right now. And then three years, five years, 10 years later into the relationship, and you're feeling like I, this is a deep desire of mine. I am shifting into this phase of my life, or this is something that is really important now to me. Mm-hmm. Your partner doesn't get to say, well, you didn't feel about this before. So that's what we're sticking with. Yeah. It is about honoring your truth in your process. Exactly. If your partner isn't going back to the, you know, validating, showing up for you, when you leave that, they could very well come back to you yeah. as a stepped up person, right? Totally. As a battered person, as a more committed person. But in the realms of toxic cycles, you have to be very weary about yes. when they come back yes. and, and really hold, not really just their feet to the fire on, on but yours, but yours, it's yeah. more so yours. Yep. All and right. it's- what is your out, right? What is your yep. game plan when they don't show up? And I think that when we're talking about, you know, vows and commitments and weddings, a big element of that, right. Is that, um, the community aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Why we want a wedding, why we want to show up, why we want to do this with this 
is to create that community. Uh, we have that sense of community around us the whole time. Mm-hmm. And, and it's recognizing what is your community saying about this situation and then go even bigger. What's the universe saying about this? Because if you feel isolated, mm-hmm. alone, like you can't keep talking to your friends about it because they don't want to hear it or you don't have any friends because your partner keeps isolating and isolating, isolating you and you didn't even realize it because, well, no, they weren't really that great or, well, we wanted to move or, you know, I like working this other job, you know, and you're telling yourself this, but you wake up and realize that you're isolated, that Mm -hmm. you don't have someone, Mm -hmm. you are never alone. One the loving light of the universe is always with you and you're never alone in that. You have your angels, spirit guides, loved ones in spirit always with you and you're listening to this right now and yeah. we're here to listen to you. Yes. So there's three big things right there. Yep. And another like pivot on that is if you are in a relationship that is feeling isolating, you need to look at why because mm-hmm. that relationship could be the issue. Because if you don't, if you can't be your full self with your person and interlay those other relationships, like go on a family vacation with them or meet up at the bar and have like a big gathering with all your friends and their friends and have everybody for the most part jive, that's an issue. Like, yeah, there's always going to be individuals that maybe don't click as well, but like your person needs to understand your connection with your people and be able to be there with you and support you in that and vice versa. So if that's missing and it makes you just this isolated island, that is something you need to reflect on and figure out why. Hi, this is Ariel. As I'm going through and editing um, or putting together our podcast episode, I often still think about, oh, this would have been another good point, or that's another example, or here's another metaphor. But that's also the beauty of our podcast and the messy path, is that this is really just a reflection of the continuous growth, a conversation regarding the continuous journey through the messy path. We want you to feel included in these conversations as well. We love hearing what's resonating with you from our messages. What is, um, what do you want us to talk about? So you can message us at uh, themessypath at gmail.com or reach out to either Whitney or I um, through the information in, our, in the show notes. Um, we love hearing from you. We love seeing how you respond and react and your thoughts and in our conversations as well. It makes us all part of the sisterhood of the Matthew path that we are all traversing together. All right. We look forward to hearing from you and back to the show. All right. So Whitney, how do you demand respect <laughs> in a relationship? Yes. For first it's respecting yourself enough to like speak up and to understand it's it's honestly respecting yourself enough to know what it is you need, want and desire in a relationship. And it's why 
those three questions are so powerful and also so scary when you're in a relationship and you haven't done that work because it immediately puts a mirror on how much or how little you're respecting yourself. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that you need to start doing is showing respect to yourself and figuring out where it is your needs are being met and where they are not being met in your relationship. And it is okay if you have a laundry list of things that aren't being met or one really big thing that isn't being met that is making all the things that are met dwarfed, you know, because yeah, right. sometimes where, where are they on the weighing scale? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're really weighing this out because it might only be one thing that's missing, but that one thing could be so crucial that like it dwarfs everything else. So right. looking at like, that. Mm-hmm. I need someone to, I'm trying to think of like a low level need, like respects that I'm a vegetarian. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one is validates me as a human being, you know? Right. Right? Yeah. And so if, if those are your two points, right. Okay. Does he, does my partner need to be a vegetarian or do they just need to respect uh, that I am a vegetarian exactly. by exactly. having other offers for it, you know, making that whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and maybe there's ways that that translates out to f- still feel balanced yeah. without needing to be, um, you know, f- that they're also need to convert to being a, a, a vegan, right? Or vegetarian. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, there and so maybe that gets to be worked out and that yeah. is in a way that it is okay because what is the underlying thing that someone respects your dietary needs exactly and, and desires right exactly. and so is it being met in that way okay and yeah. then maybe but being validated and feeling loved mm-hmm. that's that needs to be every person's like need yeah right? it, no it, go zone if yeah. you're not feeling validated and and met and loved Mm -hmm. you know you also have to look into yourself do you love yourself are you giving yourself that and I think that's really what you're saying with that like are you respecting yourself enough yeah and how when you show that love right then you get that love exactly and are there parts of yourself this was a really big aha moment for me when I realized that I wasn't in the right relationship was I didn't feel like I could be every version of myself with Mm, my ex. I didn't feel like I could be the absolute woo woo. Like I'm going to go charge my crystals on our picnic table in the backyard and do yoga in the morning. And then like go drink and throw darts. Like all I had with him was drinking and throwing darts. And I didn't feel like I could be that softer part of myself too. This is such a good part. Um, because a friend of mine was just talking about this and she was feeling like essentially what she's done is test out a lot of different versions of herself. But what she's done, right, is date people who are in the extremes of those parts. Yep. But she needs to find her balance of those things because she does like guys who wear bedazzled butt jeans she does like (laughs) occasionally going camping and fishing she does like country music but she also needs her house to be gray and white and clean (laughs) without clutter there you you know yeah she needs that balanced aesthetic yeah because it is 
in her truth. It's in yep. her alignment. It's part of her desired self. But, and that's what the fun, you know, of dating really is, is yeah. you know, is, okay, I'm trying this version of me on, of exactly. what it would be like to be with this person, of what it would be like to go fishing every weekend, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, that's too much. I, I don't enjoy that that much. Yeah. And also you have a huge anger issue. All right. So, you know. And that's the other part of this is like, yeah. sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Like you don't know what you need until you go and you do the dating, which is mm-hmm. the other reason why I don't like to put pressure on people saying like, okay, this is the last person I date and I'm marrying them. Like mm-hmm. the next person I get in a relationship with is my person. You can't yeah. ever say that because you are constantly growing. Like yes. you can know that you're with the person you want to marry. And even with marrying someone, I mean, I literally said to my partner, I know when we were talking about, you know, our future commitments mm-hmm. and I said, and I still want you to know that if, if things shift for us, which I know if it happens, we will feel Mm-hmm. that we will honor that shift and release each other yeah, and it will be okay yep. because I think he doesn't want the heartbreak and the devastation. And I'm like, yeah, there's going to definitely be a level of that. But if it gets to the point where we are no longer vibrating with each other, the worst thing that we could do is stay in that. Exactly. Right? That's where that harm comes in is yep. when you have outgrown your soul contract. And yeah. now you're in this just drag out time of carrying along. You really like creating baggage to carry. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, totally. And that's like, th- so that's a form of respecting yourself too, of mm-hmm. knowing when you need to get out. So the questions that I like to ask when somebody is in this space is how, where is it that I'm not fully, fully showing up as myself? in this relationship. Like what I mentioned before, like, can you really be every aspect of yourself with this person truly and honestly? Like when people ask me, how do I know if I'm dating the right person? I always ask them, do you feel like you feel with your best friend when you're with that person? Yes. Because if you don't feel like you are with your best friend when you're with that person, that's not the right person for you fully. And even in that, you know, there is that level of nuance. We're really talking about that feeling, yeah. right? That feeling of joy, of connection, of mutual love and adoration, right? That's the feelings yep. of your best friend. Yep. You can still have your best friend be oh, your best yeah. friend and yeah. your partner fitting these other roles. But this goes back to our our talk on upgrading to modern relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Which is really well outlined in Aziz Ansari's modern romance book mm-hmm. is that we are now asking more from our relationships. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's a lot of things of collective consciousness up-leveling, mm-hmm. um, our, our growth. I think the release of the patriarchy and different levels. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what were we doing then and what do we need now and again those can be different things what we needed you know post-world war ii in order to survive generational trauma Mm -hmm. was really you know basic kind of level things yeah but now and there was people fighting for really basic level rights yeah 
um, being able to allow to go into buildings yeah. <laughs> and drink from the same water. You yeah. know, that's what we needed at that time. But now we're not in the effects of that immediate generational trauma. We can ask for more. Yeah. It's giving yourself permission to ask for more. Yes. Because you deserve it. Yes. And so the next question that I think is so powerful to ask yourself, and this is going to be probably something that ruffles feathers if you're like in a relationship where you're questioning stuff. How am I allowing excuses to control my relationship? So like what excuses do you have active in your relationship right now that are keeping you from being fully yourself or from having a tough conversation or that are allowing you to keep moving the line that you draw in the sand whenever your partner doesn't show up for you? And it's like, well, at least they did this last week. No, what that's an excuse. So like stop and why are you allowing that excuse to drive what's going on right now? So how do you move past that? So you set the line. Mm-hmm. They did not meet the line. Mm-hmm. You've already extended it. Now you're like, I'm listening to this. I'm feeling more confident. I know I need to stand up for myself. What do we actually do? You have to have the tough conversation with yourself and ask yeah. yourself, what is the next right step for me? Like mm-hmm. that is the next question because it it's it rarely it's is like, one. yeah. It, and it rarely is I'm packing my bags tonight. You know, it's, it could be very well could be I'm packing my bags tonight, or it could be shit. I need to have this conversation with them again. And I need to bring awareness to the fact that they aren't doing what they promised me they would do and see what their reaction is. And then it's in that moment, having the strength of self to say, I'm not going to back down when they come up with another excuse, or Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let them just move the goalpost again and say that, like, I'll get it this time. And I think in that way, it's like almost all relationships need like a a safety plan for your breakup, you Mm -hmm. know, regardless of being, it's definitely necessary for abusive relationships, Mm -hmm. but, you know, telling your, your friends, telling your Mm -hmm. coworker, someone who is outside of the direct relationship, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm moving forward, right. From my relationship. And um, it might be difficult for me like right now, or can you check on me? Right. Mm-hmm. Being open-hearted, I think is really important in this too, in reaching out to, in holding yourself accountable, um, mm-hmm. for that too. And being honest, not just with yourself and your partner, but with your, your friends and colleagues as well. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you can't be, you know, in the realms of, of certain, you know, social acceptabilities, you know, if you feel like you absolutely can't be, you know, that's another level to, to assess as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think having those kinds of accountability partners and someone who's going to love and support you through a transition is, is so helpful. It's super helpful. And to know that like, you have a space to air these things. Like, I think that's the other thing that I love so much about coaching is Sometimes it feels scary to bring this con- these conversations up again with a loved one who's like, why aren't you leaving them already? You know, yes. or whatever. Like that's where coaching can be so powerful yeah. because you need that space to just like word vomit and ideate and think through things and say, why is it that I can't say no? Or why is it that I keep repeating this pattern with my partner? And like, 
that's the space that I love holding in coaching is like just being there for you to show up in whatever area you are with that relationship in that day, whether you're pissed off and you're angry and you're swearing or you're crying or you're just confused, like come and we will move through it together because Mm -hmm. it's, it's gotta be on your timeline too. Like this is not one of those things that's cut and dry and there's just one answer, you know, it's messy. (laughs) So I think, you know, so I owned a bridal shop for a long time. I worked in bridal for a long time. And I think one of our major stereotypes against women is of the bridezilla, Mm. right? Is, Is the overly demanding bride with ridiculous, you know, expectations, expectations, Mm -hmm. right. And if we remove the, I'm still going to say it, right. Just like the patriarchal shadow that is cast on that. And what the truth is, can we be women who are saying what we want Mm. right and I think so many times in those situations I was helping women who are like oh but I don't want to sound too demanding I don't want to sound like this I don't want to sound like that and I was like literally everyone is just asking you what What do you you want want right now yeah and you can't tell them because you're too afraid they're gonna think that you're demanding and that is the disenfranchisement Mm -hmm. of the patriarchy into Mm -hmm. women right Mm -hmm. and it's like well what if instead of having like a blowout about people you can say I really like periwinkle and Mm -hmm. I really envision all of you in periwinkle dresses as being really pretty Mm -hmm. that's what I would like you to wear Mm -hmm. you know the actual style doesn't matter I know so-and-so you're really pushing for everyone in the same style, but I, uh, that's actually not on my needs, wants, and desires list. I yeah. don't, but I do really want periwinkle and that's yes. going to be what I, is important to me. Right. Yeah. And being able to say those things from a place of groundedness, mm-hmm. assuredness, right. This mm-hmm. is where confidence is really stemmed from is in mm-hmm. knowing where you are. Yeah. Um, with your feelings. And so I would encourage you to, to take those small steps Mm -hmm. in practicing this too, Mm -hmm. because maybe stepping, you know, confronting your relationship feels a little daunting right now. Yeah. So practice with yourself first, right? Just like doing intuition work, inner voice work, calling in signs, right? Yeah. What do you want for dinner today? What do you want for lunch today? What does your body need? Yeah. Your body want and desire and start honoring those things. Yep. Instead of just saying, I don't know, or I don't care, or it doesn't matter. Yeah. Ask, yes. But what do you want? So yeah. what do you want? What feels good for you right now? Yep. And that's going to be a really helpful, like smaller level way to start identifying and tuning in to to showing up in a bigger way for, for yourself your right yep. and for yourself yep. so I love that we said that at the same yes. time because, because they were both the right ending to that sentence yay. which was showing up for yourself and showing up for your relationship yes. and did you see how they were said equally at the same time because they are at the same merit yes because the- what I say to my clients all the time the longest relationship you have in life is the one that you have with, with yourself. 
And, and that's, that's what the, you have to prioritize. And that's the most, yeah, that's the most important one. Like we are here just having a human experience and whether your human experience includes a white picket fence in a more like normative Americana experience, or it's like van life until you're 70, whatever you want to do, do it authentically and for yourself and follow the fluctuations therein too. Cause you might start down one path and realize this isn't for me and then pivot. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with starting over. There's nothing wrong with saying this fit me now and then, and now it doesn't. So like baby, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, and know that we're here for you too, because it is so isolating. But when you're in these kind of like questioning moments in relationships, but you are worthy of it, you deserve the utmost respect and you deserve every ounce of love that you are giving in any given relationship back on you. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> and I think there are so many good things where, you know, I can help really touch at that core of feeling unlovable. If that felt really triggering, mm-hmm. like for you right now, of being like, if you burst into tears, like listening to that, like, trust me, I would have done that at certain times mm-hmm. of my life, you know, of a feeling, but I'm not lovable. I don't, that's not how I feel. Right. Mm-hmm. Or whatever your response is. Mine was just always crying. Yeah. Um, and that's what I can help with, with, with that deep layer of, of mm-hmm. rootness. And on Whitney is so brilliant at helping process through. Mm-hmm. And I identify how those things are showing up in your life and giving you brilliant tools on, on processing and moving forward and transition. So mm-hmm. yes. yes, yes, yes. No, yes. you are loved. You are deserving. I love it. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. And we will talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to connect with us on Instagram or online, you can find our details in the show notes. And remember, the mess mess is is the journey. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get this.